Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Today's story is Reaction Time by Alex Vitale. story and you just passed out. Kind of rude. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to. It must be something they're putting in the IV. Uh, I feel like I've been asleep for two weeks. You feeling okay? Yeah. I feel fantastic. You sure? Because you're oozing. What? No. Shut up. Anyway, here's the story I got. When he was six years old, Anthony discovered that he was deathly allergic to tree nuts. He hadn't known it at the time, nor had his parents, so when he traded his granola bar for trail mix during snack break, he hadn't known what was happening. Among the cereal and M&Ms, almonds were lurking, and not two minutes after he chomped down on one, his throat began to close. It started as a slight, scratchy feeling in the back of his mouth. That spread quickly over his body as welts blossomed, and before long, Anthony had gouged himself to shreds. Thankfully, a teacher had noticed and was able to call 911 before any lasting damage could take place. Ever since, Anthony had taken great care in avoiding any type of tree nut. That was why, on a rainy Tuesday morning in the office of his dreary accounting job, he got his usual snack from the vending machine down the hall. Chocolate chip cookies, nut-free, his favorite pick-me-up since he'd started working there two years ago. They were the safest option. He checked and checked again. Somehow, the brand had yet to be cycled out despite that Anthony was the only one who really purchased them. He slipped his crumpled dollar bill into the feeder and punched A4. The last bag of cookies dropped into the bin below. Anthony tore it open on his way back to the desk. Work was moderately mind-numbing. His boss had dumped a not-insignificant amount of paperwork on him and dipped early, so Anthony was left picking up the pieces of someone else's mess. He hunched over his desk, rhythmically shoving stale cookies into his mouth and chomping away. When his crumb-covered fingers hit the bare bottom of the bag, Anthony finally noticed the dry prickle at the back of his throat. He coughed once, twice, and cleared his throat. A dull scratch picked at his esophagus. Anthony wiped his fingers off on his khakis and meandered over to the water cooler. Even as he chugged the entire cup, his throat tightened. Realization dawned on him in a second, that old familiar feeling creeping its way back in, and he bolted for his desk. The water that sloshed messily onto the carpet was ignored. Anthony kept a stash of emergency Benadryl in his desk, alongside his unused EpiPen, on the off chance that he had an allergic reaction. Now he dove for them. The cap popped off easily, and he downed the pills as he sunk back into his chair. In his hand, the remaining water began to shake out of the cup. The rest of the workday passed by in a blur. Anthony spent the entire time crouched over his desk, which shook with the bouncing of his leg. That scratchy feeling had begun to subside a little, receding back into his throat slowly as the antihistamine did its job. His nerves took longer to settle down. They'd been just over twenty years since the last allergy scare he'd had. And though Anthony tried to turn his attention back to the mound of paperwork beside him, he could focus little. A jittery hand reached up to scratch absently at his Adam's apple. By the time Anthony arrived home, the Benadryl had fully set in. 
He thanked God he walked to work, as there was no way he could have safely gone behind the wheel of a car then. His thoughts were foggy, and drowsiness played at the edges of his senses as he teetered uneasily back to his apartment building. It took several tries to get the key in the lock before he stumbled through the front door. Oh, today has been a long day, Anthony said to the tabby cat that greeted him as he entered the apartment. You're in pretty high spirits, huh, Dewey? Dewey chirped indignantly in response, a cry which demanded dinner post-haste. Anthony snorted wordlessly and gave the cat a scratch between the ears, lumbering off to the kitchen to fix dinner for his fuzzy housemate. Cracking open a can of wet food, he dropped a hefty spoonful into Dewey's bowl. Though the sight of the low-grade meat did little to whet his own appetite, his stomach still grumbled. He hadn't eaten anything all day, aside from the cookies, and Anthony was positively famished. He had little desire to eat, despite what his body was telling him. It was hard to shake the paranoia that every bit of food might have some unseen irritant hidden within. Still, he couldn't very well skip meals from now on. He'd have to eat at some point, and now was as good as any. It was unlikely that he'd react again, but grudgingly, Anthony popped open his freezer. There was no way he was doing any real cooking tonight, though he knew that would be the safer option. At least then, he could have monitored exactly what went into his food. He was far too exhausted for that now, though, so his stomach would have to settle for a good old, reliable TV dinner. He'd just read the ingredients extra carefully. Anthony's refrigerator was surprisingly well-stocked for a bachelor, a positive result of having a particular diet. Ingredients lists were always scrupulously checked before any item was thrown into his cart, and anything bearing the warning of cross-contamination was quickly put back on the shelf. He was exact in his meal planning, for the most part, and thus only had a few prepackaged options. It only took him a second to settle on a Thanksgiving dinner frozen meal, which he promptly tossed in the microwave. The day's events had left Anthony rather drained, so he took his TV dinner and plopped down on the worn leather sofa. He settled on a Netflix documentary, shoveling turkey and mashed potatoes into his mouth as David Attenborough narrated scenes of Yellowstone. As the camera panned over a wide shot of Lamar Valley, Anthony began to notice a familiar feeling. That itch, the one that had swelled in his throat earlier today, had returned. It wasn't in full force, just a scratchy feeling when he swallowed around a lump. It didn't really make sense. Anthony was positive that nothing had contaminated his food. There were no chopped nuts or anything of the sort. There wasn't even cranberry sauce, so he couldn't be reacting to anything in the meal. Anthony distinctly remembered reading the ingredients list, too. While he was in the store, no allergens would have affected him. Still, just to be safe, he went back to the kitchen and fished the cardboard box out of the recycling bin. As suspected, no nuts were listed. It wasn't even produced in a facility where cross-contamination was a threat. It was at this point that Anthony began to wonder if he was experiencing some sort of reverse placebo effect. He hadn't had an allergic reaction in close to 20 years, and now he'd experienced two in one day? Something didn't track. Yet he couldn't deny that his throat was growing scratchier and tighter. Bile rose. He tore for the bathroom, barely making it before he upheaved. He knelt in front of the toilet bowl for a minute afterwards, knuckles gripped tight enough to match the porcelain. It took him a long while before he stood on shaky legs to retrieve more Benadryl out of his medicine cabinet. Anthony called out of work the next day. Two antihistamines had been more than enough to debilitate him for the entire day. By two o'clock, he'd only left his bed twice, and one of those times was to feed Dewey. Human food wasn't much of an option, as Anthony had no appetite. Even as hunger picked at his stomach, the thought of food made him reach for the trash bin. He spent the day drifting in and out of sleep, and by the time he was well enough to get out of bed, it was already dinner time. Dutifully, he filled the cat bowl and found a can of soup for himself. Soup, he reasoned, was a safe option. 
Only a madman would put cashews in soup. Getting a pot would have been far too much effort, so Anthony dumped the contents of the can into a ceramic bowl and shoved it into the microwave. After two spoonfuls into the lukewarm sludge, his trachea closed up. Things continued like this for two and a half weeks. Anthony couldn't eat a bite of food without immediately reacting. He ate little, with Benadryl as dessert after every meal. One call-out day turned into two a week, at least, and even at work Anthony worked sluggishly. He even made a doctor's appointment, but the only thing his GP could tell him was that his throat seemed to be a little swollen, a little red. He warned Anthony, too, that he should go easy on the Benadryl. Anthony nodded along, but silently he knew he would have to pick up another bottle from the store on the way home. The only other thing in his basket was a carton of eggs. It had been 18 days since the first incident with the cookies. Anthony had resorted to eating nothing but eggs and chicken, unseasoned, and still that itch would claw its way through his body. He had sat down to lunch, work still piled high on his desk. The clock ticked dangerously close to three, and the unfinished stack far outweighed the finished ones. His lunch was a delicious chicken breast, seasoned with salt and pepper and a little oil. It was disgusting, in Anthony's opinion, but it was safe. Even so, his trusty antihistamine sat at the ready on the corner of his desk. After the third bite, Anthony began to feel off. Instinctively, he reached for the Benadryl. But something was wrong, more distinctly wrong than it had felt these past couple of weeks. The scratchiness was dull, the flesh of his throat pulsing sporadically. Anthony set his fork on his plate with a clatter as his hands rose up to clasp at his neck. Below his fingers, small welts had risen beneath the skin. Hives, he thought. They're hives. But they were too deep to be hives. They itched, yes, but beneath his flesh, like something had caught on the way down and was fighting its way back up. Something squirmed deep in his gullet. The welts moved ever so slightly away from his grasping fingers. His hands shook violently as he clambered for his bottle of antihistamines, near-empty bottle rattling in his grasp as he opened it. He dumped a pill into his hand and tried to knock it back, swallow it dry, but it stuck. The lump in his throat pulsated as he tried to gulp, blocking the little tablet and retching it back. Anthony hacked it up onto the carpet with a pathetic wheeze. Spasms convulsed in his lungs as he tried to suck in what little oxygen he could. Anthony had one last hope, one saving grace, tucked away in his desk. He yanked out the drawer, practically ripping it out. The EpiPen rolled towards the open hand that violently snatched it up. By now, his co-workers had started to take notice, though he was deaf to their questions of concern. Distantly, he realized someone was on the phone asking for 911. He snapped open the EpiPen, the cap carelessly tossed onto the floor. The needle dove into his thigh through his jeans, plunger pumping the epinephrine into his bloodstream. Anthony's heart beat rapidly in his tightening chest as the pure adrenaline coursed through him. His throat was so tight now, no air could have gotten past if he tried, but Anthony was holding what little breath he had left. The lump in his throat throbbed once, twice, and then it burst. The wet, spongy sound of flesh tearing was muffled, as was the pained and terrified shriek that accompanied it. The frantic crawl of one thousand tiny lives drowned out Anthony's pleas for help. Prickly, freshly formed arachnid bodies clawed their way from Anthony's body, slipping up his throat and over his tongue, down his chin. They engulfed him, finally broken free from their warm, wet egg sac which he carried, and eagerly clambered out of his broken flesh, out of their makeshift womb. Anthony crumpled to the floor and pressed his back against the walls of his cubicle. His fingernails dug into his own skin, swatting and scratching, desperately trying to dislodge the crawling things. He turned and vomited, all blood and spider. And still, 
they came pouring out. So the real monster was society all along. What are you talking about? No! Really makes you think. It was about spiders! Oh, yeah! The nurse says you're free to go. What? When? It's just been us in here. No, no. It's time to leave. Come on, upsy-daisy. Has this wheelchair always been here? No. Was that your arm? Shut up. Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It was written and recorded by Alex Vitale and George Plank. Our theme song was written by Charles Adam Robinson. You can contact us on Twitter at un underscore commons or via email at zero nullstreet at gmail.com. Like and review us on iTunes. Stay. And remember, nothing is real. <laughs>